It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Upfront program. Roger here, Roger Bouchard. And uh, we'll be here right up until uh, 9 o'clock. That's uh, how long the program lasts. I don't know. Can you stay late? Uh, uh, my notes uh, said that maybe you had to leave at 845 or something like that. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we had something yeah. pre-scheduled. Okay. But I'm excited to be here, Roger. Good morning to you. And good morning to you, Gay Bamo. And uh, we're going to chat about your... Uh, your November 7th uh, election. Well, first of all, uh, let's talk a little bit about the primary, looking back at that, uh, and uh, and your remarkable success. Um, you know, we uh, we interviewed, uh, you know, a few times, and and we did election returns, and, and so, you know, I've been at this a long time. Uh, so, talk about come from behind. <laughs> that was... Um, that was quite the quite the victory, but uh, really, uh, from your point of view, um, in remembering my interview with you, you were very confident. It was comfort behind from maybe my perspective, but maybe not from your perspective. Yeah, it, it really wasn't a come, come from behind uh, moment. I'll start by saying I am honored uh, that voters across the 1st Congressional District uh, were supportive of me. Uh, there were 39,000 Democratic voters in the primary. I won a third of them, 13,000 of them, mm -hmm. uh, which when you have an 11-person race is as close as, uh, to a mandate as you can get. Uh, but I'm very proud of that and those numbers. Uh, but ultimately, it started with the story. Uh, when we first spoke uh, back in May, I believe, uh, I talked about how uh, I am the son of two West African immigrants, a son of a liquor store owner, a son of a nursing home nurse, and who has had the opportunity because of so many who invested in me in our community, especially in the Blackstone Valley as a son of Pawtucket, uh, that, that those investments gave me the opportunity uh, to contribute to my country in lots of ways, right? working for Governor Raimondo, working for President uh, Obama, working for President Biden, most recently as the special assistant to the president and deputy director of intergovernmental affairs. A serious job that was about serving, on behalf of the president, communities across this country in times of crisis and opportunity. So that story, compared with our ability to get our message at, out on TV, on people's doorsteps, by text message, on radio, all of the venues uh, we had available to us, we uh, disposed with and used that to work to tell a story of bringing people together and making government work because ultimately that's the most important thing that it functions and it serves people in their time of need and in their time of potential now uh, you are mentioning in your uh, just a few remarks there uh, you know getting the word out and you use the media but um but uh, looks like part of the uh, Gabe Amo uh, structure here is to uh, do it in person and um even uh, from my point of view, uh, here in Woonsocket, uh, we ran across each other three, on three separate occasions. So uh, I, I get the, that personal contact is really part of your campaign, too, besides mass media. Yeah, that's right. Look, I believe in a politics that is proximate. And what do I mean by that? I mean that people in Rhode Island, like a lot of, of our communities, value that personal connection, value having met someone value having known someone in their lives the number of times people come up to me and they've never met me but they say i've worked with your dad 
uh, I, you know, whether it's in the liquor distributorship business, whether it's in a factory that he worked in uh, in the 80s with my mom, so many nurses and those families who have benefited from the care uh, of, of, of a nurse. And so I have seen over the course of this campaign, people appreciate spending time uh, with me, knowing who I am and hearing from me directly, because I think those interactions are the most meaningful. And those are the ones that inspire me every day as a candidate. When I was interviewing uh, the candidates, and there are a lot of them to interview <laughs> during the primary, um, I tried to uh, stick with uh, federal issues because this is a federal office uh, that uh, we're talking about. And, um, and, but uh, during that primary, I did not have uh, the situation that we have here in this uh, special general election for uh, first congressional district seat. And uh, that, of course, uh, is um, what happened um, in in Israel. Mm -hmm. And we certainly have heard uh, what President Biden has had to say. And so uh, are you uh, pretty much in line with his policy uh, statements, uh, which have changed a little bit in the last couple of days? Um, Or um, or do you um, do you have a slightly different take on on the whole uh, incident, uh, calling it an incident? um, the whole predicament uh, going on in uh, in Israel and um, in that whole Middle East sector. I believe President Biden has demonstrated strong leadership again in bringing uh, some clear values to the table as we respond uh, to the horrific terrorism uh, uh, attacks by Hamas against uh, uh, Israel. And it, it is un, unfortunate uh, and, and sad uh, every day. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with members of our Jewish community uh, here in Rhode Island, many uh, of whom have ties uh, directly to people in uh, Israel. Uh, I've spent uh, uh, lots of time talking with people about the real, real challenges that we face. And so I think President Biden's leadership uh, has been about supporting our ally Israel. Uh, making sure that we do things like uh, replenish the Iron Dome, that we work very hard to get hostages uh, uh, returned. That's really important. There are hundreds and hundreds of hostages, including Americans, uh, and that we move forward uh, to, to aid the, the, the military strategy of Israel. In fact, we see uh, our, one of our top generals go out to the region to help uh, Israel in response. And it's also important that we are conscious of the uh, toll on human lives. Hamas is, is, is a group that doesn't care about Israel and it certainly doesn't care about Palestinians. And so we need to do everything uh, in our power to, to make sure that response meets the moment and that this doesn't spiral. Uh, you see that uh, that Hezbollah is now striking in the north. Uh, we have, uh, you know, potential uh, challenges with uh, Iran. And so we have to do everything we can to marry our military power with diplomacy uh, to, to move forward uh, past this horrific, uh, uh, horrific uh, situation. So over the weekend and uh, following uh, President uh, Biden's uh, policies uh, and statements, he, he seems to be uh, talking about... Um, Maybe uh, holding off uh, the offensive uh, into Gaza by the Israelis while the uh, 
while the negotiations continue for the hostages. Uh, are you in line with that, too? I, I think it's really important that we preserve as much human life uh, as possible. And so that may be uh, a, a, a strategy there. I am not privy to every single aspect of the intelligence. Uh, but what I would say is we need to make sure that Israel uh, responds. They have a right to defend themselves. Uh, at the same time, getting those hostages back is critical because I, I, I do imagine there's greater complication if there's an ongoing ground offensive uh, that, you know, urban warfare that might make it difficult to secure uh, the return of, of those people. So I, I, I do think this is complicated. There's not going to be an answer that matches every aspect of this situation because it is evolving real time. I mean, it is uh, it, it is uh, such a rapid progression since these attacks uh, to the, the various elements of response that we've seen. And I, I have a lot of faith in our military leaders and our president to ensure that we do so in, in a prudent and effective fashion. Um, who would have expected an issue so uh, like this to crop up right in the middle of the campaign? But it gives uh, an opportunity uh, for, um, I guess, um, uh, interviewers like me to, to actually... Um, interview people who are running for Congress uh, that are not what we call uh, older issues like uh, you know when we get into social security there's a st- you know there's a standard answer when we get into uh, uh, homelessness and and and, uh, and, pro- and women's rights uh, protective rights uh, those are things that we've been talking about right along all of a sudden this new thing uh, crops up and it gives us an opportunity to listen to the candidates respond to something that uh, was not uh, around in the, in the primary. We're going to talk about some other things. So uh, one of the things I'm going to talk about is um, mailers. Oh, so mailers. there's you, all right? <laughs> uh, and they, they come to the House now. I guess so they're, they're sent to uh, Democrat uh, people. Uh, I'm a registered Democrat, so uh, therefore I, uh, I, 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 get, uh, I get the uh, Gabe Amo um, mailers. In Washington, I'll stand up to the extremists and always fight for Rhode Island values. So let's talk about... Uh, who is in Washington already? The Republicans, <laughs> they're sort of in control. <laughs> they can't get a speaker going. Maybe they'll, they'll get something going today. I don't know. But anyway, um, um, do you, um, do you, is that what you look at uh, with the Republican uh, uh, majority in the House of Representatives? That's where you're trying to go to the Rhode Island, uh, to the, uh, to the United States Congress, uh, House of Representatives. Uh, tell us uh, how you perceive, uh, those guys and gals over there. Well, it's clearly dysfunctional, uh, Roger. Uh, they can't pick a Speaker of the House. Uh, they that has stopped stopped all of the business of our government uh, in, in the House of Representatives at this incredibly important time, where we need an aid package uh, to support our efforts in Ukraine, uh, in Israel, uh, and with as it relates to Taiwan. And, and certainly addressing some of the challenges we have uh, at our southern border, uh, they uh, are disabled uh, from, from action right now because they can't pick a leader. And that is sad for our government. So uh, the, the Republican uh, caucus is in uh, real disarray. And it's really important that voters in the 1st Congressional District know that we should not be sending uh, someone to go be part of that uh, uh, caucus of chaos right that's a republican caucus of chaos and so it's essential essential that we return to making this government work in just a few weeks 
they're, we're on the verge of a shutdown again without uh, funding the budget for a, a full year. Uh, that is a real problem. That means that the janitors in the federal buildings aren't going to get their paychecks. That's going to mean uh, disruption uh, for folks reaching out to their Social Security office uh, for assistance. That's going to mean an impact on our on our interest rates, right? That destabilizes the market, makes it uh, harder to borrow. So those are real, real challenges. And this is not a time for more partisan political games. Yet extremes of the Republican Party uh, have now taken hold and we're on week three of the reality TV show. Uh, Would you like to be the speaker? Mm-hmm. I never thought such a small member. Well, of course, there's a slim uh, majority in the in the House, but I never thought such a small number of members of, of Congress could uh, could actually uh, cripple uh, government like it has so far. Uh, let's see. This is a question. Um, yeah, this is a good question uh, called in from an outside uh, caller. Is there any policy in the Biden administration that you disagree with? And um, so as you look at President Biden and uh, he's got a whole thing, a bunch of energy policies, border policies. Um, is everything um, perfect or do you have any disagreement with no him? of course nothing is perfect uh gov- government is run by people and we are all imperfect uh and, and what i would say is some of the the things that i uh have been uh most focused on is things that i, I wish this administration would do more on is housing we have a housing uh, a crisis uh in this country and we have not done enough at the federal level uh, to either stimulate production, make it uh, easier uh, for people to be part of what is a fundamental aspect of the American dream, which is home ownership. And we have uh, challenges as it relates uh, to, to, to homelessness uh, in this country. And so I feel really strongly that in Congress, that's where I'm going to push and nudge uh, this administration into more action. Uh, we need to act. We feel it right here in Rhode Island every day. It's something I hear from Rhode Islanders at every event I go to. And so that is something uh, th- that I disagree on. We, we invested heavily in our infrastructure, which is amazing. Water, sewer, broadband, uh, what we'll be able to do around clean energy, uh, lowering the cost of prescription drugs. All of that is important, but housing is a bedrock principle of, of what needs to get done to make all Americans have access to opportunity. I wanted to ask you about one of the two things. that there is, There's affordable housing, and then there is homelessness. So um, <clears throat> one of my hobbies, uh, like I, you know, I don't hang around the radio station 24-7. One of my <laughs> hobbies, I have a few, uh, few friends. We travel the Amtrak trains across the country. There isn't an Amtrak train I haven't been on. And so my last trip um, uh, was with my son, and we went from uh, San Francisco to Chicago and to Washington, D.C., and into Providence. The only reason I'm mentioning this is that where uh, somebody wants to see homelessness, um, the number of people who are who are setting up tents along the tracks between uh, between San Francisco and Sacramento, uh, between um, Washington and Baltimore. I mean, on, you just roll along on the tracks and there they are. And I was wondering whether you sense this as a federal uh, issue or uh, whether, in fact, uh, you know, Dan McKee's got to solve it in uh, Rhode Island and, um, and Governor Healy has got to solve it in uh, Massachusetts or 
federal? Yeah, like a lot, a lot of issues, Roger, there is a federal and state interplay here. Uh, and when you look at some of the reasons why people experience long-term homelessness, because there's a range of homelessness, but I, I do, I think the long-term homelessness is something to look at. We have uh, a, a mental health crisis in this country uh, that drives a lot of people towards homelessness. Uh, we... we see that they may not have supportive family structures. Uh, we may not have institutions that, that are able to support them adequately. We've all encountered someone who was going through some real personal uh, trial and tribulation who we've seen on the, the streets uh, who uh, may need a little more help than just a roof over their head. So that is, that is partially federal. That is uh, also partially uh, uh, something that happens at the, at the state level. When you look at an issue like veterans homelessness, right? When I worked for President Obama, one of the goals was to end chronic homelessness from veterans. So there was a, a, a really uh, substantial federal push to, to, uh, to eliminate that. Unfortunately, we've seen some of those numbers go up. If you serve this country, we should do every single thing in our power to make sure that you have a roof over your head. Uh, so, so I do think there's a role for the federal government and local uh, and state to play as we respond to the, the homeless crisis. I, I think we need to empower our, our institutions with the, with the right amount of funding, but we, then we need to provide the wraparound support, whether it's, it's uh, food assistance, whether it's mental health support, uh, whether it's, 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 it's uh, other things that will contribute to people uh, being unhoused and especially living in new england it's starting to get cold outside and so you know my my heart uh, always breaks when i see people struggling uh with, without a permanent home sandra writes here good morning gentlemen that's you and me uh one question for mr amo and it's not about electric cars or abortions or social security what's his view on the thousands of illegals invading America daily due to the administration's open border policy. I suspect Mr. Amo and uh, Colonel Leonard, uh, that's your opponent, have uh, conflicting opinions on Biden's America. Your thoughts, please have a good day. Thank you, Sandra. Sandra, you have a good day, too. Um, so here's where we are. Uh, we have uh, a, a, a situation at the border uh, that is entering a crisis mode. Um, I, I certainly do not take lightly uh, the circumstances that, that we face. Um, we have to look at multi-pronged solutions uh, to this problem, right? It, it has to deal with the root causes in the countries of origin, uh, where a lot of those people are, are coming from, whether it's the impact of, of uh, weather on, on agriculture uh, production in countries, whether it's gang violence, whether it's uh, 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 authoritarian regimes. Um, we have a conflating set of, of, of factors that are leading to people uh, coming up through the border. That said, when people come up, we need to, to do as much as we can on the deterrence front. Uh, it is important that we get through channels that the, the United States is not, uh, is not open for, for just anybody to walk across. And you see when people uh, are crossing uh, that, that that volume is, is increasing. And it's, it's something that is destabilizing for those border communities, but also some of the other uh, cities that people arrive in. Uh, you see New York City, you see Chicago, Washington, D.C., Denver, uh, major cities in Texas. Uh, so, so it is a destabilizing force. We need to invest in 
greater border security measures. This is actually one of the things that the president has in a request, but we don't have a functional House of Representatives so we could get legislation and aid passed. We also uh, need to uh, look at uh, you know, the, just the, the, the border patrol agents. We need to look at the uh, as, asylum process, the parolee status, the administration uh, of, of, of our immigration laws are caught up in a really tight, uh, tight pipeline because we don't have the resources to do that work. And long term, we need comprehensive immigration reform. We need people to come together from both sides, Republicans and Democrats, so that we can have more comprehensive uh, solutions to our challenges. But I, I, I agree, we need to act. Inaction is not an option uh, because the, the impact on our communities uh, is, is, is destabilizing and, and really uh, could have some long-term impacts that none of us, uh, us want to see. Your answer seems to be a little bit ahead of the Biden administration uh, than, um, than what is currently happening. Uh, next uh, has to do with debates. I've got a listener, uh, Oscar, the candidate, about uh, debates. And then... <clears throat> I see a media advisory from your campaign, uh, candidate Gabe Almo, to uh, vote early at Providence City Hall today at uh, 145. So you're for early voting. Uh, but uh, this debate schedule is very, very late in the campaign. Uh, looked like there was only one debate. Now there are two debates. Um, uh, I think probably that might be enough for Rhode Islanders. That might might be your thought on it. Yeah, I'm really excited. And you're here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to debate. I, I am talking to people in so many venues, whether it's radio, whether it's events. I just did uh, Channel 12's uh, TV uh, uh, yesterday at 4 p.m. I'm doing podcasts. I am going to, to meet people where they are. Not everybody uh, is going to catch me in the exact same setting, and that's okay. And I'm looking forward to debate, looking forward to demonstrating clearly why Rhode Islanders deserve someone with the experience in government uh, who's worked for two presidents and worked for a governor and knows how to solve problems in government uh, versus uh, a, a, you know, my opponent who wants to go and stand uh, with the, the caucus of chaos uh, that can't even pick a speaker. Right. The, the speaker right now, is Speaker TBD, uh, we need to move past this moment and make sure government works, bring people together. And so uh, I, I look forward to every venue uh, that I have the opportunity to speak in. And, and Rhode Islanders uh, tuned in uh, when I did uh, very well uh, in a, a debate in the primary season. Many people said that's the reason they voted for me. And that uh, debate uh, got a lot of viewers. And I look forward to the two debates that I have. Uh, on WJAR and WPRI to have uh, great viewership as well. Back in a moment, we've got to take a couple of commercials, then we'll be right back. Well, here's a question for you from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you. Not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484-384-95 for a free, no-obligation, in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. 
Let's meet for lunch or dinner at the Roast House. Their menu offers something for everyone. Seafood and chicken, roasts, steaks, and chops. Appetizers and their rotation of the heartiest soups in the area. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11.30 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 10 p.m. Now, here are some of the delicious choices awaiting you at the Roast House. Hey, tuna melt looks like a pretty good uh, choice today with your choice of sides, including coleslaw or a pickle. It's the famous Roast House restaurant. We have um, a location in uh, Pawtucket near the former McCoy Stadium. And also we are right here in Blackstone, Massachusetts, right over the line. The Roast House, good food, and we do it seven days a week. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, uh, Gabe Amo is in studio with us. I'm looking at your uh, campaign literature and so um, we can't cover all these and we have a limited amount of time. So you talk about uh, abortion rights, uh, you talk about uh, Social Security and Medicare, climate change, prescription drug prices, uh, common sense uh, gun reform. I mean, there's a lot of general uh, topics out there. Uh, which one do Rhode Islanders engage you on? Uh, you mean, uh, you know, if I were engaging you, I'd say Social Security. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, when you're talking to a lot of people, uh, with uh, your message, you want to sort of touch on each of them. And I have heard from Rhode Islanders on every single one of those issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say, above all, the thing that I want to focus on the most is retirement security for our seniors. Uh, social security uh, is the bedrock of, of our social programs in this country. And I think it's so important that we not only make sure uh, that it, it avoids the Republican study committee cuts that are proposed year after year, but that we also strengthen it. Strengthen it by trying to see if we can adjust the cost of living increases by, by using for the consumer price index, and I know this gets wonky, a, a, a calculation that reflects the costs that our seniors are paying. So that's for prescription drugs, for energy costs, for, for housing. Four things that are more reflective of where where they are, and so almost that is, a different consumer price index uh, for that for that factor. Yes, it, 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 you know it, it changes the basket of goods uh, uh, just a tiny bit, but that means a lot. When I talk to seniors who have thirty dollars for food assistance uh, a month and they are are, are struggling and at food banks, that means a lot to me. Having worked uh, uh, in, in in government and seen what the, uh, the potential is, how we can change people's lives. I think this is so important for those who made our country uh, what it is in so many ways. And that's why also on prescription drug costs, it's it's incredibly important. Now we are able to negotiate through Medicare, but that's not going to start till 2026. What can we do to accelerate that process? What can we do to make sure that our seniors are not bankrupted? And frankly, all of us aren't bankrupted by the costs of prescription drugs. That's something I want to work on. All right, uh, we have a caller, and we'll see uh, what uh, they would like to uh, ask of you. So, do you have a question for uh, Gabe right now? Hi, good morning, Mr. Amo. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes, I can. We're, oh, and uh, Roger, good morning to you, too. Hey, quick question. So, I wanted to, I want you to play devil's advocate just a little bit here. Let's and make it quick. We're kind of a limited time here. Go ahead. I will. So, with the speaker, um, and I thought that was funny, uh, the reality show, I, that was a good comment, but why not look at and say, hey, find nine Democrats that could have actually um, helped elect Speaker McCarthy, and it would have kept the, gov- the government running. So um, 
I, I just thought what, we thought that would be an interesting uh, question to mm -hmm. ask. Why not look at nine or ten moderate Democrats and say, hey, like, you know, you guys could have actually outnumbered those eight rogue Republicans. But just curious what your thoughts are, sir. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Amo. All right. And would you be one of those nine? <laughs> yeah, this is this is a great That's question. A, and I love it. Great yeah. question. Thank you. Um, I, I, I would say I'm going to answer this in two parts. The first part is Kevin McCarthy started to prove untrustworthy to everybody. Right. The, the deals that he made with Republicans and the deals that he made were, with Democrats weren't coming together. And you, that's one consistent through line you heard is that, well, you know, it's not something you can make a deal with. And if you got a compromise, your word is your bond. And so that became an, an issue for him. Uh, the, the second thing I would say that, that is important, if there is a desire from congressional Republicans to have a, a more bipartisan running of the House of Representatives for some power sharing, I'd be all for that. In fact, the leader of the, uh, of the House Democrats, Hakeem Jeffries, put out an op-ed saying, come to the table, let us have an agreement where we can work together. So... It, it, it doesn't seem like Republicans can find that person right now, right? They 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 uh, hmm. are are unable right now to find a consensus person that they can agree on. So I, I think ultimately, when you look at our system, we haven't had this problem before. Uh, the, the the party in charge picks the speaker, but I would be willing uh, uh, to to bet if they could come up with a real actual moderate which I don't really think exists in, in, a, in a big way, but if they can find a real, actual moderate, the Democrats would be open to that sort of power-sharing agreement, and you've seen them say that publicly already, and I'd be there. All right, uh, we're uh, almost out of time here, so you're here in uh, northern Rhode Island, and uh, the message changes um, uh, from, uh, from geographical area to geographical area, as it should, uh, based on the demographics of uh, who's, who's there. So uh, what's your message to me? I live in Woonsocket, and um, I'm looking for a new congressman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've got just the guy for you, Roger. All right. Um, you know, I am running for Congress because I, I truly do believe our stories uh, are similar. Uh, the names might be different. The countries of origin might be different. But we all are part of a story where someone came before us, uh, where there has been grit, resilience, determination, hard work to create opportunity for our lives. And I want to do that uh, in Congress for people across this d district. I grew up in Pawtucket. I'm a son of the Blackstone Valley. I believe that the people in every part of our state deserve effective representation and someone who is not going uh, uh, to, to, to go and to leadership to build up themselves. Uh, for me, this is about service. It's why I've traditionally been behind the scenes, working for two presidents at the White House, working uh, for, for uh, Governor Raimondo. But I believe in the values that we share, uh, and those unite us. And I, every single day, I'm going to fight for federal funding for this region, making sure that we invest in our Blackstone uh, River Valley uh, uh, tourism corridor. I'm every day figuring out how we can invest in RIPTA uh, so we can have robust public transportation across the state. How we can be part of the supply chains of the future so we make things here. This part of the state has always made things. And we can get uh, back to that business. Uh, once we get over, over the hump on November 7th, and I would be honored to have the support of every listener. Uh, and hold me accountable. I, I hope to, to work for you uh, if, if I have the honor and privilege of being elected. And our last email, it says... 
Gabe is a good talker. And I think that was a compliment. <laughs> so, Well, I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, take, take it while you can. Thank you, Gabe Amon, for joining us. We want to get you out so you can get to your next uh, event. And uh, we'll, um, we'll talk again soon. See thank you on Channel 10 and 12. Thank you so much, Roger. And thank you, listeners. Bye-bye. CMM Picture Framing Gallery in Woonsocket is in the Park Square Florist Building, front entrance, lower level. Mark Morell says, we're very affordable. I try to be creative in all my work. Basically, the main thing is custom picture framing with a quality touch. We use quality products. We do full photo restorations. We do collages. We do things like newspaper articles and photo collages. And we're also an art gallery. Paintings on display for sale by Mark himself and other local artists. Nice assortment of prints and special occasion prints. Have a special project. Talk to Mark to make it happen. Open Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 4, Saturdays 10 to 2, 401-487-8938 and converse with Mark. He's a friendly guy. Check out what we're all about by pulling up our website, cmmpictureframeandgallery.com. Charles Mark Morell for Brian. Is your over-the-range microwave, dishwasher, refrigerator, or dryer acting up? Then it's time to call GNR Appliance Repair in Pasco. We work on all kinds of appliances, and we have reasonable rates. So the next time your appliance says, I give up, call GNR Appliance Repair at 765-2023, and we'll get it working again. You can depend on us for quality service. Appliance problem? Let GNR Appliance Repair fix it for you. 765-2023. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Okay, thank you. Back to the panel. Uh, thank you, Gabe Amo, for uh, coming by. And uh, we want to thank uh, the gentleman that arranged uh, uh, for him to be here, and that was Garrett Manseri. And uh, Garrett uh, dropped by the radio station to... Um, to chat with uh, with Gabe, he's a supporter of Gabe, and uh, so thank you for arranging that uh, interview. Appreciate that, sir. And no while problem. you were here in the building, well, we thought we'd snag you uh, because uh, there was um, a city council meeting uh, of some kind last night, and um, you know we uh, we usually have like full coverage uh, of uh, the regular meetings, but this was um, a special meeting. Can you fill us in on anything that you can fill us in on? Because I. I understand there might have been a lot of uh, executive sessions uh, associated with it. Garrett. Sure. Thank you, Roger. So um, most of the meeting was an executive session. Um, so part of it was the uh, lawsuit that's currently pending against the city, uh, Senegro and Jacobs. So we got an update on that as well as uh, the Jacobs engineering proposal uh, for the incineration process. So that's all public. It was um it was listed on the agenda, so I feel confident about just saying that, but I can't talk about exactly what we discussed, um, as well as uh, discussion of regarding acquisition of property, which we didn't list the address for, and then discussion regarding 153 Hamlin Avenue. Um, so, obviously, people know there's been some discussion about the city taking over that property, um, but at, at the meeting, there was only a discussion happening. There were no votes taken in executive session for those parts. So, uh, I guess it's more to come on all those, right? Yes, and then uh, we also had an open discussion, uh, which people can watch the meeting if they want. I, th I believe it's about, uh, we were in executive session for a little over an hour, um, and then we came out and discussed the construction of the Winsaka Utility Building, which we discussed at the last meeting, um, just going over some questions that we had for the architects about the design, 
uh, location, costs, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then the last thing was we had a discussion regarding the signs in the parking lot for Main Street, and that is an ordinance that was passed by the city council uh, uh, at the request of small business owners that are located on Main Street that we have a, a parking issue, which I, in my opinion is a, a great thing. You know, it's a great thing that Main Street is filling up and, and there's a lot of great things. But uh, typically what ends up happening in downtowns that are particularly busy uh, is that parking will get designated for certain uses. So what we decided to do was designate a section of the Mullen lot, which is the parking lot across from the uh, Winsocket Hall, uh, for uh, storefront customers. So basically that allows you to go to a restaurant, go to a shop, um, and not have to deal with uh, a parking lot full of, full of cars that are there for two, three, four hours at times, uh, which, which is a great thing. You know, no matter what, what, it's great to have people there. But some of the businesses had some frustration about, especially when you have a to-go business, um, if you don't have a parking spot, it's very easy for people to just go someplace else. Who's so. tying up these three- and four-hour uh, spaces? Um so what would make them park that long? Mostly it's the higher education center, uh, which, again, is a great thing. It's something that we all support, and it's great to see people come down to the downtown area. Um, one of the challenges is that that was located on the third floor of the uh, building. And typically you'll see uh, in redevelopment of downtowns that the upper stories is residential. And the reason for that is that it is sort of counter the the uh, business time frame. So typically people will come and visit a business during the day. Uh, typically people will go to work during the day. Um, then they'll come home and they'll use the parking lot. So you want to try to find different types of uses that use the parking lots at different times. Um, so we might have to look at something as that is growing and expanding. We might have to look at some options for parking in back of the building um, along the bypass area, in my opinion, should be the parking for that particular facility um, so that it doesn't fill up all the spots. The last time, uh, sort of related to this, the last time I had... Um Mike DeBroyce, uh, the director of planning on, and I asked him about uh, housing in Woonsocket. And uh, he said, um, uh, we, don't, uh, we don't really need any more affordable housing. And then he cited all the units that are coming online, including the units in the commercial building that you talked about and the next door at the Woonsocket Call and then down at the old CYO Center and so forth. Are we getting a lot of uh, small apartments uh, in Woonsocket and do we count that as affordable housing? I guess it depends on your definition of affordable housing. You know, I, I define affordable housing as something that you live in housing that is affordable to you. Um, so there's a difference between affordable housing and subsidized housing. So subsidized housing is where uh, the government comes in and pays 70% of your uh, rent and you pay 30% of your rent. Um, that's typically not an affordable housing development. So whenever you see a, a situation like a NeighborWorks property, um, they will pay a little bit under market rate. So as an example, if the market rate is $1,200 for a two-bedroom uh, they would pay probably eleven hundred or ten fifty, so it's a little bit less than than the market rate. But the the people that are living there have to pay one hundred percent of their of their rent. So the government doesn't come in and pay for it. The government will pay for uh, some of the development of it um, and that kind of thing, um, typically with grants and that. And uh, you know we've got some entities that are good at that, but. Um, so I think it depends on what type of affordable housing you're talking about, Roger. <clears throat> All right. Um, so um, one of the things that uh, is, was not on the agenda last night, but a whole bunch of um, uh, exchanges over the weekend about this uh, 
uh, transaction that uh, was in the Providence Journal. Everybody picked up, uh, well, whoever subscribes to the journal, I'm one of them, mm-hmm. and uh, picked it up. And there was a $1.1 million deal where the city of Woonsocket purchased land from a uh, development company. And um, and then the email started going back and forth, and we found out who the development company, company was. As a council member, um, were you aware of this uh, land buy by the city of Woonsocket? Um, as of Saturday morning, when it appeared in the journal, had you heard something about it before? And do you know anything about it now? So the answer to that question is no, we did not. Um, so that was something that the administration moved forward on uh, without a council vote. Uh, and that's something that the city solicitor is also looking into as he was also unaware of, of the transaction. So we are currently doing research now as to how that was done and, and getting all the documentation uh, so that we can have a meeting, uh, most likely next week, to discuss it in, in, in more detail. Um, and this is something that we're going to be looking into because it's it's very troubling to me as a council member, and I think to my council, you know, colleagues, that the city uh, would move forward on something. You know, we have had an awful lot of discussion, in, in my opinion, Roger, an awful lot of discussion about real estate uh, these past you know ten, eleven, eleven months, um, and it's something that. I just don't understand why something like this wouldn't be brought to us. Um, I think we've been very receptive to some of the administration's ideas. We've tried to move forward on as much, many things as we possibly could, uh, maybe even too many things. Um, and I, I just don't understand the mentality of saying, you know, the, the money is available. Apparently, they use uh, CDBG home funds for this purchase. So that would have, be required to create uh, low to moderate income housing, um, you know, which is which is fine. But um, again, we I, I I don't think that the neighbors also got any notice. So I think there's something that we just need to look into it further. I don't have all the information. Um, so until we can get all the information, all the documents, then we can have our proper meeting and vet it all out. Uh, just for location purposes, uh, could you locate it? And how big of a parcel of land are we talking for? One point one million. <clears throat> um, so I don't have uh, the exact size on you know on me right now, but I can tell you that the parcel is located sort of next to the Plaza Village um, development on Menden Road. If you if you pull in there, um, it's on the right side. So open space might have been. You know, proposed to be part of that com- complex, but that's that's the particular area. All right, I'll let you off the hook on uh, this uh, topic, uh, except that uh, you said that the well, the next meeting of the Woonsocket City Council as a body uh, for a regular meeting is November. now in November. November, and 6th. so you said that you'd probably be meeting next week. Is it that this kind of an issue where you would create a special meeting to get further information, and and it couldn't wait until the next meeting? Is it that important? Uh, it depends on how long it takes to put the information together, I think, you know, uh, and we're not, I'm not particularly sure if it will be an executive session because it is negotiating. It was, well, it was negotiation of, of city property. Um, so I think we need to. It's okay to complete, right? We, we (laughs) own it, right? Well, in my opinion, it wasn't done legally and, uh, we're going to explore the uh, option of getting the money back in my opinion. So, um. That's something that, again, we have to look into and see if it's a possibility. 
Um, so that's why it might not be an, an open session because there might be some some of that negotiation going back and forth. So uh, really, that's all we can say at, at, at this point, Roger. We have to just uh, get the information and then we can tell people what's going on. Well, thank you for uh, coming in and answering a few uh, questions. This was an unscheduled visit, but uh, no but uh, and thank you for setting up Gabe. Uh, and uh, and I think we uh, maybe uh, we might try to get you to bring him in one more time before Election Day. Thank you. Possibly. Possibly. Okay. <laughs> right. I know he's busy. So right. thank you. Take care. All right. Take care. Jared Manseri dropping by. And um, and that was a unplanned interview. But uh, certainly got a lot of information out of Gar- Garrett. We appreciate that. All right. Looking at the uh, commercial lineup here. Um, we'll catch up a little bit. Uh, we want to remind you that um, Savini's Pomodoro has a early bird specials Tuesday through Friday from 4 to 530 I was in the bank the other day, and I ran across uh, Jill Moylan, and we had a nice uh, conversation. And I asked her how uh, the early bird specials were going. Very good, thank you. And uh, the price is eleven ninety nine. It's dine-in only, and they have some nice items on the early bird special menu, including penne alla vodka and uh, eggplant parmesan, which is my favorite at Savini's Pomodoro. That's on the menu and uh, that's served with um, uh, a nice uh, a nice red sauce. And then, and then on the other side of the menu, I could have a side salad or uh, a seasonal vegetable or fries or roasted potatoes. I always have the roasted potatoes because I love the way they do them at uh, Savini's Pomodoro. So uh, it's Tuesday through Friday from 4 to 5.30, 11.99, early bird specials, dine-in only. Uh, I think you uh, might want to try it out. And um, and then I think you'll probably be returning um, weekly to Savini's Pomodoro, Italian Kitchen and Bar. All right, let's check in with Walsh Builders. Yeah! From your roof to siding to exterior windows or remodeling your kitchen or bathroom interior, there's a company you should know about locally from Blackstone, and that's Walsh Builders. You shouldn't have to move to get your home of your dreams. Just reimagine your home and turn to Walsh Builders for kitchen remodeling, bathroom remodeling, decks, household additions, and we'll even build a new house for you. Walsh Builders offers quality work from experienced professionals. Professionals, licensed and insured. Call for a free estimate. Call 508 498 4551 any day of the week. Walsh Builders, over 15 years' experience. Scott McGee of Remax Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Well, thank you. Uh, and uh, this one here is in North Smithfield on Arnold Avenue, which is in. Um, I believe um, I would call it Union Village area. And uh, it is 22 Arnold Avenue in Osmondfield at uh, 389.9. And uh, Scott says, uh, nestled in the picturesque Union Village area. Oh, so it is Union Village of Osmondfield. This charming home boasts a prime location that seamlessly combines tranquility and convenience. Immaculately maintained this three-bedroom one and a half bath gem radiates a sense of pride and care from every corner. And as you enter, you're welcomed by a custom designed kitchen adorned with stunning Corinthian countertops. And the adjacent uh, dining room invites gatherings and allows for entertainment. 
and uh, two and a half baths, three bedrooms, very nice property. And I think um, in this market, extremely uh, uh, nicely priced, too, at uh, three eighty nine nine. And I'm looking at it. It's got a nice uh, stone wall in the front. It's got a nice front porch. Um, I see a one-car garage and then a, uh, a portable um, to the left of that uh, where you can put uh, another vehicle. Keep it out of the rain. Anyway, Scott McGee has it. You want to talk about it with him? 639-2106. 639-2106. Scott McGee, he'll be more than happy to uh, take care of uh, your needs. Final, um, let's see, we did, um, I'm looking at my log here to uh, make sure that uh, all the uh, advertisements get on. And uh, did we do um, CNM picture frames? I don't think so. Well, if I did... Already, I apologize, but uh, maybe it's the second time, maybe it's the first time. We'll be back with our closing remarks in a minute. CMM Picture Framing Gallery in Woonsocket is in the Park Square Florist Building, front entrance, lower level. Mark Morell says, we're very affordable. I try to be creative in all my work. Basically, the main thing is custom picture framing with a quality touch. We use quality products. We do full photo restorations. We do collages. We do things like newspaper articles and photo collages. And we're also an art gallery. Paintings on display for sale by Mark himself and other local artists. Nice assortment of prints and special occasion prints. Have a special project. Talk to Mark to make it happen. Open Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 4. Saturdays, 10 to 2. 401-487-8938. And converse with Mark. He's a friendly guy. Check out what we're all about by pulling up our website. CMMPictureFrameAndGallery.com. Charles Mark Morell for Bright. Thank you. All right. So our uh, final commercial. Uh, let me see. It's for Grumpy's. So what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expensive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out our Taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy Sirloin steak, filet mignon, or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner. All char-broiled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week. It's time to make it a Grumpy's experience today. All right, Grumpy's are right here in uh, Bellingham, Massachusetts. I'm looking at their, uh, their menu and uh, there's so many good things, including uh, that sizzling sirloin that I talk about uh, in the advertisement. I've had it a number of times, and uh, I like it. I like it medium well done, and that's exactly the way they do it at Grumpy's. And, of course, we'll be open for lunch at noontime uh, today. Uh, and, uh, you, yeah, you can get uh, two hot dogs with French fries. And um, and then they bring all the stuff, you know, the mayonnaise, uh, all the mustard or ketchup or whatever you put on it, the onions, whatever you want on it, uh, you can get it. Six ninety nine, part of the luncheon menu at Grumpy's Pulaski Boulevard in South Bellingham, Massachusetts. Brian, the Houston Company, take good care of you. I hope we took good care of you with some information here on the Upfront Program. We'll see you tomorrow. And Wayne Barber has got the author's hour next. Bye-bye. This has been WNRI's Upfront. Presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket.